Today we're going to be talking about praying in the Spirit as we continue. And specifically what I'm going to be talking about is being a bridge. Praying in the Spirit and specifically being a bridge. This guy Paul, who we're reading in Ephesians, he, he wrote the book of Ephesians. Paul had an interesting story. He, his name used to be Saul and he was the chief murderer of Christians in early Christianity. And he went from this guy Saul, he crossed the bridge, he crossed over from being one of the chief murderers to being one of the chief uh, voices of Jesus Christ. And it was an amazing story. He ended up going on and writing a good portion of what we read in the back half of the Bible or what we call the New Testament. So today we're going to be reading, he wrote this letter to the church of Ephesus, to the people of Ephesus, and it's called Ephesians. In verse 17, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In verse 18, he goes right and he says, and pray. I just want to stop for a second. I just want to point out the fact that Paul goes through this moment where he's giving us the different pieces of armor that we can defend ourselves with, the weaponry that we can defend ourselves with, the weaponry and the armor that we can stand against all of the threats of the enemy. And then he moves right into verse 18. He says, and pray. And there's, there's, there's not a pause from Paul. What that tells me is that prayer is a weapon. So this morning, we just to reinforce that we have to know prayer is a weapon. It's the number one thing that we can utilize. We can stand on the word of God and we can pray. So Paul goes on to instruct us and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind. And, and, and what that means when he says with this in mind, it says with purpose. That, that's, that's what that means. If you look it up in the Greek, we use this language with this in mind, but in the Greek it says with purpose. With this in mind, with purpose, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel. Now I'm going to stop right there because today we'll, what we're going to focus on is this part of Scripture where in weeks past, you can go onto our YouTube and you can watch weeks past where I talk about praying in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit really is just partnering with what God is doing. When we pray in the Spirit, we're partnering with God. We're not partnering with our own agenda. We're partnering with the agenda that God has. So as we pray in the Spirit, and the last handful of weeks, I've talked about just the personal uh, response that we are uh, required to bring and, and personally what that brings us. But Paul begins to shift now and he's bringing us from this personal state to more of a public state. He's bringing us from a place of maybe being, God, this is what you're doing for me in the midst of my prayer because prayer changes things. And primarily, I want you to know that it changes you and typically first. But then he turns this corner and he starts bringing us into this place of maturity, I believe. And he says, would you also with purpose pray for others? That this is a sign of maturity, that we would pray for others. And this idea of praying for someone else and praying for others, and in Christian terms, they use this word in the Bible, and it's a big word, and so I'm going to define it, and I'm going to give us some examples, and hopefully I'm going to give us a picture that we can, we can hold on to in our mind of what this word means. The word is intercession, but that's a big word, and so what does it mean? Intercession means standing or pressing into circumstances. Not running away, not retreating, not shrinking back, but standing and pressing into a circumstance on the behalf of another person. And this is the maturity. 
that for the sake of someone else, for the sake of the person in your life, for the sake of the leaders in our country, the leaders in our city, our teachers right now, for goodness sake, for the sake of our children, for the sake of your pastors, for the sake of the fellow believers that are around you, for the sake of every person who is facing a circumstance, a storm, where the floodwaters might be rising, that we would stand and press into the circumstances on behalf of them. That we would stand in that gap between maybe where they are and where they prefer to be. And to be more specific, that we would stand in the gap between maybe where they stand and where God would like them to be. Where they are and what God has for them. It's to hold space through transition. So bridges, this idea is that intercession, there went a camera, bridges stand in the gap between where you are and where you want to go. So I'll use this as an example. I live in a place here in San Marcos in San Diego, and I live over by the college, by a college here called Cal State San Marcos, and between my house and the grocery stores and the banks and all the places that I need to get, there's this road that periodically during certain seasons when the storms come, it, inevitably this little creek fills up with water and floods. So here's what happens. This is, this is my life. Wouldn't you know it that when it's raining and the storms come and the waters rise and it floods, that all the lovely ladies in the house want some chocolate ice cream at 11 o'clock at night perhaps and call upon the great man that I think that I am. But really, I'm just the one who's willing to go out in the rain and has the money. They can use me. And they get, they get together and they start texting. We're in the same house, by the way. Would you go to the Winco and get some chocolate ice cream and cookie dough ice cream? And then on the way there, I get another text. And, oh, can you get Twizzlers? And can you... And I come down the road and I get to the stop sign where this creek bed is. And wouldn't you know it that when I get to it, the storm has come, the waters have risen, and the road is flooded. But thank God the city has a plan. So they got together and they said, we're going to build a bridge. And that bridge is what's going to take me from where I am to the place that I prefer to be. So what Paul is saying is that you and I get to stand in the gap. You get to stand in the place that maybe the floodwaters are going to come into and the water is going to rise. You're going to stand in that tough place and you're going to be the transitional piece. You're going to be the bridge that stands in between where people are and where God wants to meet them. Because I have a date with some chocolate ice cream and cookie dough ice cream and Twizzlers. And so a bridge is built. And what I love about bridges is when I pull up at this bridge, this is great because I can pull up in my Prius. We have two Priuses, Pri-I, Prio, Pri. Let's pull up, pull up a Prius. We have multiple cars that are slow. We have... <laughs> I 
They get good gas mileage because they only go 10 miles an hour. Okay. So the great thing is that, you know, as I joke, really what I'm doing in jest is potentially passing judgment on the vehicle that is approaching the bridge. But what I love about bridges is bridges pass no judgment. Bridges actually don't care how I get from the place I'm at to the place that I want to be. Bridges don't look at me and say, the car you're driving and perhaps the driver in the car is inadequate to cross me. Bridges just bridge. And bridges don't try to fix any problems that I might have or the car might have before I enter onto the bridge. Bridges have, have no insight, have no opinion. And sometimes when we're standing as a bridge between where maybe people are and where God really wants them, we, we implement our agendas and our opinions and we pass our judgment on them, but our job is to be called to an assignment where we just bridge. So we need to pray for the people around us. We, you know, we need to pray for our leadership. We need to pray for presidential elections. We need to pray for city leaders. We need to pray for our spouses, our children, our friends, our mothers, our fathers. We need to pray for these people, but we need to pray without agenda. Now, I'm going to point out a personal mistake that I've made in my life. I remember a moment in my wife and I's life where I was like, God, I, I Lord, I'm just praying for my wife. God, that she would change, and you would change her heart to serve me best. You ever prayed a prayer for someone else to change? Because if they change that way, it actually is going to serve your self best. You're praying your own agenda. We need to pray. The, the prayer that God actually gives us, that Jesus says in Matthew 6 was, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be in your kingdom come, your will be done. It doesn't say, God, I'm going to pray that your kingdom come and my will be done. I am a bridge with my own will. Paul is saying, you need to be a bridge. You need to remove your will and you need to put God's will right in the middle of your prayer. Don't pray your agenda. Pray the kingdom's agenda. God, kingdom agenda right now would infiltrate and invade the agendas that the enemy has against this person that I'm praying for. God, I don't know where that's gonna land them. I don't know what kind of car they're gonna end up crossing this bridge in. I don't know what they're gonna be dressed like. I don't know if they're gonna smell like the bar they were in last night. I don't know what kind of trash they're gonna maybe be digging through the day before, but all I know is that they are beautiful in your sight. You have a plan and a purpose for them, and my job is to stand and to be a bridge. My job is to be like Jesus. Jesus was on the cross. Jesus was holding back all all of the enemy's plans and purposes for our life with one hand and he's bridging this on the cross and he's, he's, he's extending the other hand to the right to get a hold of the heart of the Father and take us from where we were at to the place we can be. And here's this picture of Jesus standing as a bridge. And being a bridge sometimes isn't easy But we are called to pray for people around us. And when we do, we become a bridge. And I love this because when I'm interceding in intercession, I'm praying in the Spirit alongside and partnering with God in the Spirit, I'm becoming a bridge and I'm helping bring others into the reality that God has for them.
Number two, how often should I pray? Paul answers this in Ephesians 6, 18. He says, always keep on praying. Always keep on praying. This always keep on, this idea of keep on, it's the word persistent. The word persistent means that even when things are tough, even when the flood hits because the storm has come and the waters have risen, the bridge still bridges. The bridge was actually engineered to withstand that. And the bridge is going to remain. The bridge makes a habit of bridging the gap between where you may be and where you want to go. And Paul also writes in the book of Thessalonians as the author of this book, and he says, pray continually. Now this threw me off for a lot of years in my life because I would go to people that were around me that were mentors and I would say, what does this mean? Pray without ceasing and pray continually. Does that mean I got to walk around 24-7 and pray all the time? And then I had some Christians, maybe you've heard people say this, they get really religious and they get really Christian-y and they're like, yes, what that means is that you should pray 24-7. And I said, do you? Oh yes, I pray all the time. I never stop. I pray without ceasing. And I look right at them and say, you need to pray right now and repent because that is a lie. Listen, the average, you don't have, we don't have it. We don't have the attention span. You are not going to pray all the time every single second of the day. So what does this mean? What this actually means to be persistent is to make a habit of. Now hopefully when I say this, everyone is going to fall into this category. If I said to you, always keep on brushing your teeth. That doesn't mean you're going to get a toothbrush and walk around all day, every day and brush your teeth. What I'm saying to you is that you should have a time, perhaps different moments of the day that you're going to set aside and make a habit of brushing your teeth. Brush your teeth without ceasing. <laughs> if not... Maintain six feet of distance and please wear your mask. <laughs> so your assignment and my assignment is to habitually show up in prayer for others and be ready for when the need arises. Because the bridge is bridging when the need arises for me to need a bridge. And one of the reasons why I think Paul also instructs us in this persistence is because he understands that we need to build a personal history with God proving that prayer works. Here's, here's an example. I love doing triathlons. And so for me, that's 70.3 miles of pretty much torture. And I, I swim 1.2 miles, I bike 56 miles, and I run a half a marathon all at once. Just run right after the other. And I feel like Paul is saying, you need to be like an athlete who trains and practices. Intercession is an exercise. And what happens is, is for me, I'm in a race and it's going to take me under five hours to race. But in comparison to the time that I've been training, it's only 2% of the total time. 
I spend 98% of my time preparing myself for the moment that the need arises for me to be able to perform in my body to work. Beyond me physically, this is the most important piece. I'm going to do 98% of the work before the race happens to shape my belief that I can do the race more than shape my fitness. Here's what I mean. When you're persistent in prayer, you're building a history that prayer works so that when you need prayer to work, you believe it. Because there's a lot of times when people, you know, hey, would you pray for me? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you, man. Praying hands emoji. And I think deep down, a lot of us don't end up praying for people, not because we're lazy, maybe, perhaps, but a lot of times it's because I don't think we have a history that proves to ourselves that my prayer for another person works. So Paul is saying you need to be persistent and always bridge. So when it comes time to bridging, you know that you can bridge. And you know that the God of all creation is going to support your bridging. Are you with me this morning? It's difficult to pray in the storm if praying has never been your norm. It is difficult to pray in the storm when praying has never been your norm. It's difficult if you signed up tomorrow to do a half Ironman with me and do 70.3 miles, if you've never proven to yourself, if you don't have the belief, you've never seen it work. So guess what we do? We don't pray without ceasing because we mentally quit. And he's saying, you need to be persistent. How often? You keep praying. Oh, does that mean I pray until the person gets to the other side of the bridge? No. Do you know that when I cross the bridge and I go to the Winco, the bridge keeps bridging? Here's my point. You're praying for someone right now. And you're saying, God, would you bring your agenda and invade their world? Not mine. Would you bring your agenda and invade their world, God? And then you get the joy of watching that thing happen. You're like, oh my gosh, they crossed the bridge and they came into an understanding and a knowledge of who God is and what he has for them. You don't stop bridging. The bridge bridges even when I've crossed the bridge. So we then go, okay, God, we have a new opportunity to keep being a bridge for them. Now they're standing in a new spot. There's a new landscape with new opportunities and new obstacles. So God, give me insight. So God, I'm gonna continue to pray. Thank you, Jesus, that they, they've come into a knowledge of who you are. Thank you, Jesus, that they've received and they've walked into the more that you have for them. Now God, I'm gonna pray that you would continue. You would continue, God, to bring more to their life, more of your agenda. Bridges bridge, regardless if people are using them as a bridge or not. Pa Pastor, I, I, I've been praying for 17 years. So I'm like, you just, okay, cool. You got another 70. Well, when do I stop praying? Your last breath. 
man, that seems daunting. So where do I begin? Paul's a great leader. He says this. He gives us a great beginning point by saying you should pray for other believers. And in verse 18, he says, you need to pray for all of the Lord's people. All the Lord's people in the King James, it's you need to pray for all the saints. You need to pray for all the believers. And if I step back and I went, wow, that's a daunting task. I need to pray for every believer in the world right now. How many millions of believers in Jesus right now in the world? That's a daunting task. And then a student of Paul's, this young guy named Timothy that I love. You should read some of his books. Timothy has two books, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. And this student of Paul's, he writes this in his first book in 1 Timothy 2.1. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, bridging. I urge you, then first of all, the petitions, prayer, and intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Man, so I'm praying for believers, and I'm praying for I'm praying for non-believers. I, I, I'm praying for those who are following Jesus. I'm praying for those who aren't following Jesus. That seems like a huge task, God. I, I'm one person. But I think great leaders take it a step further, and great leaders want you to be able to access something to take something away, to be able to see, see things closer. So Paul pulls the target close. Leaders, like I, I love this term, of taking this big daunting target and saying, this is a daunting task, but I'm gonna boil it down to a disciple. This is what Paul does. He says, I'm gonna boil it down to one student, one person in your life. And he says to the people of Ephesus, verse 19, pray also, for me. I love this idea. We need to be praying for other people, but not just other people. That God can give you insight to whoever the one Paul is in your life. And you can be persistent even when it's tough and the storm comes and the flood waters rise. And you can be persistent and say, I am going to bridge when bridging is tough. And I'm not going to pass judgment. I'm not going to try to fix people. Because I don't know what the heart of the Father is for this person necessarily in all circumstances. I know that he wants them to come into the knowledge of truth about who they are. Not the knowledge of truth about who they think they are. The knowledge of truth of who we think we are is rooted in feeling. The knowledge of truth about who God says we are is rooted in faith that he has a plan and a purpose for us. So Paul says, pray for me. He makes it personal. Why is making it personal so important? Number one, it pulls the target close and it helps us to accept this challenge because we've reduced it to one. And the closer that you can pull that target, it increases the commitment to making a habit surrounding it. So Paul says, would you pray for me? I'm gonna make this personal for you. You need to pray for all believers. We need to pray for all people. And Timothy even goes on and says, you need to pray for kings and all those who are in authority. 
Yes, we need to be doing those things. Please don't stop. Remember to not pray with your agenda. Don't stop doing that. But today, this is very specific. Here's what, here's what I want to do. If you're willing to, to open your heart up right now, you can join me in doing this. If you're watching online, don't tune out. This is actually the most important part of the entire morning. As you've heard me walk us to this point. Okay? Here's what I'd ask you to do. If you could open your heart up and maybe even close your eyes and just kind of imagine right now all the people in your life. Imagine all the people that God has put you around. Now I'm going to give you a hint. The person that irritates you the most might be the very person that God has put in your life as human sandpaper to help increase your ability to be a bridge. Perhaps that person is the one, the toughest one to be a bridge for. Perhaps God wants to do something in your heart as you pray that God would do something in theirs. But the question is, God, would you highlight for me in my heart right now, my Paul, who is the one person that I am gonna, I'm gonna dare to take the daunting task and boil it down to one person and say, God, I am going to bridge the gap. Would you bring your agenda into their life? And God, regardless if they choose to cross this bridge or not, it says that Jesus came while we were still yet sinners. No guarantee we would cross the bridge that he created for us, but Jesus bridged. Scripture also says that Jesus is today continuing to bridge that gap. Who is your one? Who is the Paul? And as God brings that person to mind, to increase commitment, and this is to increase commitment, I'm going to challenge you because we don't live in a handwriting paper world much anymore. In fact, I would probably do this digitally and put it on my phone, on my note app. But I'm going to, I'm going to actually go with statistics and statistics say that if you write something down, you're more likely to be committed to it. So I'm gonna ask you to do this. We're throwing it way back. Get a pen and a piece of paper. I want you to write down the person's name. And I want you to say right now, God, I'm committed to being persistent and being a bridge and to remain being a bridge to make a habit of bridging. There were people in my life, this is the impact, this is the personal impact you can have. There were people in my life that were praying for me when I was young that I've met as an adult, that this is what they said to me. Oh, I know your family. You were the child that they used to sit in church and have prayer requests about. They were your bridge. They were bridging for you. And it was so awesome to see that person look at me now and say, you decided to cross the bridge. And I just wanna thank everyone who prayed for me in my life. Thank you for bridging 
when I didn't even care that you were being a bridge. Thank you for being a bridge and not judging me and trying to fix me and telling me that I needed to dress different or talk different or drive the right car, live in the right zip code. That you didn't hold judgment against me, but you stood and you remained and you just, you maintained being a bridge. Who you're praying for today and you're making a commitment, imagine what their life might be like because you have the tenacity and the persistence and the discipline to bridge. Maybe when no one else would, but you take it on and say, I am going to be a bridge. Let the storms come. But I refuse to move. I am going to bridge. Father, I thank you. I thank you for those people in my life. I thank you that the people listening to this are willing to be that in someone else's life. And I thank you that your son Jesus was our bridge. And he continues to be a bridge for us, giving us this access to your heart. Because when we pray for other people, we become a bridge. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen.